It's the only wrestling podcast on earth with two Major League Baseball All-Stars, Dimitri Young, who is here. One four-time Stanley Cup champion and Darren McCarty, who is here. One Canadian destroyer, PD Williams, who is here. How's she going, eh? She's going good. And myself, Dennis Farrell, wrestling perspective, we have a jam-packed show. No guests tonight. We have a ton of topics to get to, but first, I got to give some love to our YouTube channel, guys. This thing is blowing up. <coughs> Tons of comments I want to go through. Say hi to some of the new followers here. Uh, the Magic B Bavarian said on our MGF on MJF interview, I can't wait for him to be champion. Can you send him to any show without preparation and he can draw people's interest? It's true, guys. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. He's like that. Alan's, Alan's a new subscriber. Hello, Alan. Justin Smith just recently found us through our um, Rocky Romero interview. Um, let's see here. He, he wants the MLW Heavyweight Championship to unify with the AAA Cruiserweight and that be a championship that goes up against uh, AEW's championship. That's pretty interesting. Yeah. Let's see here. Ben door's open. It, it is? I mean, anything can happen. Uh, that, and, Petey, does that, like, when you throw things around, I know, like, just this match, this, but stuff like that, now it actually from a wrestler's perspective and what you see could happen, like that's sort of plausible. Oh yeah. I mean, uh, merging belts, new belts. Um, you know, like one thing, like I, I was actually thinking about this today. Like why doesn't AEW have like a cruiserweight title? Isn't that what, uh, isn't that what the TNT belt supposed to be? I thought that was more of like, I don't think it's a cruiserweight title. Cause it. wasn't uh Cody and like, uh, Brody and all that, like they were champion. That was more like their intercontinental, you know, their second title. Yeah. But X, I, I don't know. Maybe they're doing something different, whatever. But usually when you think cruiserweight, but then sometimes, you know, WWE 205 Live kind of, uh, you know, maybe gave it a bad name or whatever the case may be. Um, so, but yeah, having a secondary title. Well, quick shout outs to Blow and Smoke 24 7, who loved the MJF interview. A D Rock 1209. Thank you. Cindy Wrong Dice is a new subscriber. Thank you very much. Let's see here. Uh UHU wanted us to know that he believes that MJF is the best heel since Rick Rude. Rick Rude. Rick Rude. I mean, Rick Rude was a I mean, I mean two totally good. different types of heels, but I mean Rick Rude was a great heel. He just got heat a different way. Um MJF, I think the modern day. I I I could see it. They're both good heels uh, for their time. Yeah. Let's see here. Dark says, hello, all the way from India. I'm a huge fan of the podcast. So we got it. Yeah. All right. International. That, slowly. Maybe too bad we can't get any Canadians to listen to us, huh? I know, right? It's like we, uh, we have two Canadian hosts, too. Wow. Let's see here. Uh, Don Jennings says, I love the way he stayed in character throughout this interview. It was funny. One of my favorites of the year already. Thank you, guys. Well, he didn't he stay in character. character. That, was him. that was him. Yeah. <laughs> Jinx. You owe me a beer. <laughs> let's see. Hello to Willie. Willie had a comment. I uh, love DMJF. Uh, let's hey, Dennis, let me comment. If, if, and I'll be honest, because you know I'm I'm the hard ass here. But, dude, the, the realness of MJF, we were going to air the shit he was saying to you off the air. I mean, I, I, got, <laughs> I, was, yeah. I was about right. Hey, he was like, and, and back to the heel comment. I don't care what it is, that that guy is always a heel because even if something stupid where he baby face, I'm always waiting for the shoe to drop yep. because he's so who would that guy, Dimitri? And Rick Rude's a good one because he was never really a good like he's always a heel, just with that cheap mustache. You know, like yeah. he was like a he was like a Tom Selleck of the ring, you know, like I mean it was like <laughs> So would you say, Dimitri, like, there's nobody, because I can't, I've always wrapped my mind, because he's like the rock, but the rock was, when he went good, he, that now he's all great. Like, you know what I mean? He's Jamal. Yeah. Is there anybody well, Rick, that comes to your mind? I've, no. been, I've been racking my brain since the Rick Rude, and I'm like, there's always someone that's a total a-hole, and then they go baby face, and it's like, I don't see MJF ever going... Baby, I see him being a heel till he retires. 
to me, it's a mixture of two guys. It's it's a dash of Mister Perfect because I just think he, he mm-hmm. that that He's whole. Yeah. Yeah. I see. I see. I see that. And Rick the model model Martel. Those, those two guys is arrogant. Is, yes, you put them both. Yeah, together, his- that's what MJF is right now. Well, M- MJF, like, yeah, he's got it. Now, going back to Rick Rude, the thing is why Rick Rude got heat, he got more heat with the crowd, the males in the audience, right? The female, obviously, he was like, hey, I'm going to, you know, his gimmick was I'm going to hit on your lady, right? Right in front of yeah. you. So he got a lot of the booze from, and then, you know, some of the girls wouldn't, like, you know, since he's so arrogant, they'd boo him and stuff. But still, like, he would he would kiss a bra, uh, uh, kiss somebody. <laughs> 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 that's what he Wasn't used to say though you know but he would kiss somebody Bro, every single time how is that like wisconsin sweat hogs yeah <laughs> you know so I, I i don't know like he he didn't go 100 heel because a 100 heel everybody hates him well a couple more quick shout outs josh phillips mike gross alfred franklin uh thank you for subscribing uh dmac one of your favorite people dr speedweed Wants us yeah. to know. <laughs> hey, wants us to know he would love to see MJF and Warlow become a tag team and call them Green and Gold. Not bad. Uh, okay, you get All some right. creative things off these comments. I'll tell you what. Like it's, I, I've seen some good things. Where I'm like, wow, that makes sense. Well, and, and I love that, Petey. I love the fact that because as a wrestling fan, and you hear from somebody, it's just like a hockey player or a baseball player. You hear from somebody that that is in the trenches or has been there and have been around it, that that means a lot. Yeah, I I mean, I got one of my ideas from like one of my shirts that uh, is on the pro wrestling tees. It said, uh, you know, the chive, like keep calm and chive on. Like somebody like sent me just a a mock up of it said to keep calm and Canadian destroy. So I'm like, oh, nice. And I took that and, you know, like, I mean, I'll, I'll, yeah, some other people's, I, other people have great ideas. So. Yeah. Let's see. Two more. Uh, Miguel, we want to say thank you. Miguel, for twice now, has thrown out wrestlers that uh, to come on the podcast, and here they are, and he wants to say thank you for bringing, uh, bringing them the wrestlers they want to hear. So we appreciate you, Miguel, tweeting us and listening to the show. And I'm looking for this one comment because, Pete, I don't remember what show it was, but you had thrown out the comment that no women listen to the show. And we had a few women comment that, hey, we do have women listening to the show. So I believe it was the Butcher episode. And he had said something. You're like, no women listen to this. Uh, That's why Pete is divorced. That's why Pete is divorced. That is the liberal use of broad. I I guess. (laughs) I was going back to the Rick It's a Canadian word. It's in the Canadian dictionary. Sometimes I wasn't there for that episode, so I couldn't defend my boy here. But sometimes it's just a, it's lost in translation, as they say. Yeah. So got your back, boy. Thank you. So uh, people out there, thank you so much. Keep subscribing. Keep commenting on the videos. And uh, we'll try to do our better job here of reading the comments and saying thank you to everybody subscribing. But this is a list of kind of something new we're going to try to do to let you fans out there know that we really do appreciate everybody listening and interacting and tell us they love us. So with that being said, guys, I'm just going to jump right into it. And I want to go swinging hard here and this is going to be an unpopular opinion but i think it's time for sting to go and go where anywhere but aew i think he is hurting he he's not doing a service right now to whatever angle they're trying to pull off with him uh I, you know hear me out his his promos are not great anymore not that they were ever really good i mean guys can you name me one great Sting promo throughout his history? And, um, you, and you can't use the one where it was him and Macho Man and they threw and, and Hulk Hogan and they lit the what the can on fire and Sting spent the whole promo trying to put the fire out because he didn't talk. Okay. Go uh, on. One great scene, just one uh, out of his amazing history, one great Sting promo. But that is. How about before um, his match with Ric Flair in the first Clash of Champions? I mean, I'm just trying to come up with something. That's right. But Dennis, but Dennis, to your point, it 
aren't you saying because if Sting and he took that bump and if he wasn't, you know, sort of how are you saying is that my question to you is, is this is this why the big show? So, like, is there something to do with that? Nope. Because nope. it's not like, is it more of a physical thing or not just because like the physicality or he's, he just thinks he's too old. Do you just think it's worn over? Not, not even that, you know, I'm glad to see him healthy and that will fall into a little bit of my point here in a second, but Sting was brought in to get Darby Allen over. And I think in this, at least this is the set it up. And the more I watch this, the more I think Darby Allen is doing all the heavy list, lifting, even for Sting. Uh, Darby he's 60. Allen, he's yeah. 60. What do you, what, what did you, you're, you're a hundred percent right. I, I believe. I think, right. I, sorry. No, I, I, and I thank you. Cause I'm, I'm actually shocked. Someone, you know, uh, I, I love Sting. I grew up a huge Stinger fan, but I don't think whatever role they have him in right now is the right role. He should, I want to see Darby Allen and almost like The Miz. Is, you know, Miz's thing was, I want to make this Intercontinental Championship feel special, and I feel like he had done that every time he held it. With Darby Allen, I want him to make that TNT Championship belt feel special. It's new. Uh, a couple people's held it, him and Brody Lee and uh, Cody. But none of them have really elevated that belt yet. And I think Darby is the one that can do that. But he doesn't need a 60-year-old guy to help him elevate that belt. I think See, I disagree with that. And the reason why I disagree is because eyes are eyeballs are on AEW because of Sting. Yeah, people love Darby Allen. I like Darby Allen too. But you got a little bit of that star power behind him. What's and eventually he eventually he might just break off from um Sting and go on his own. So that might be something in the making. I think Dennis, your point is that we do not like to see our heroes go off into the sunset, sort of not on their horse. Like, is this gonna change the perspective of Sting's career or whatever, how they're doing it? Like, is this like the guy in hockey who's you know playing too long or the guy who's contract or you know in baseball that they're just paying out that doesn't deserve to be there is that something to do with it because because dimitri's right as far as it's about that battle of ratings pd can probably attest to this and when you can bring back that's going to bring eyeballs even no matter what more of the storyline is again another pop today you're the first one that popped on the text was like what <laughs> about about the big show stuff, right? Were you not so? Yes. So, so I I guess with storyline guy and understanding is let's dig into the why. I don't think it's more. I think they're just trying to get it the most that they can until they can launch Darby, like you said, to make the TNA. How how is he going to do that? It's going to have to cross promote, probably. Correct? Would I, you say? How, right. That's the biggest way. So. I think in the meantime, until they're able to do that, they needed some sort of storyline or some sort of glue. I, I mean, I'll go, I'll re revert to you, Petey. How does it work as far as like the mentality of, you know, obviously bringing the name in, but then developing the storyline? Do you see it playing out a certain way because of your experience? Well, uh, two things. Uh, Sting, I don't believe in the past 20 years, has actively himself or his agent or his team went out and said, Hey, are you guys interested in signing me to any promotion? Okay. When he came to impact, I uh, don't remember the exact year, 2005, six, whenever it was, um, you know, he signed his contract and then he was set to leave. He really was during my time there between, um, you know, I left in 2009 and he wants to leave. Like he, he was like, I'm, I'm all set. Uh, I, I don't know how old he was at the time. Maybe like 50 I, I, or forties. Yeah. Forties, something like that. And you know, he pretty much just said like, you know, I want to go, but they just, they, they keep throwing money at me. Like it, it's hard to turn down the money. <laughs> right. I mean, exactly. He, he, he knows Absolutely. he's past his prime. All his best matches are behind him. He knows that. But if somebody's like, Hey, you're a top draw here's money. Okay. I mean, what do you do? So there's that. So I'm, I'm assuming when he left impact, he was probably all set. And then who got him? WWE. 
And I probably threw a bunch of money at him. And he's like, okay, never wrestled at WrestleMania before. Let's do it. Sure. And then now, done with WWE. What do you think AEW did? Threw him lots of money. <laughs> and said, hey, come on by. So that's part one. I don't blame him for for taking the money. He did. No, uh, any I, of us, any would, of us would do the same. I like you, you, absolutely. So watch part two, Petey. Well, I mean, well, still on part one. Like I know a lot of the times we don't say like, "Hey, never rest on your laurels." Like just you should always push forward or something. But Sting has such a big reputation and has done so much in the past that he's that type of guy that he can walk out. There, there's not too many wrestlers out there right now that can just walk in any arena around the world and you know people are just going nuts right like before they even have a match knowing that other oh, match is probably gonna be you know he could just walk out and then be like yeah you know let him talk whatever uh part two is yeah they in, what impacted obviously is you know we have great undercard talent before sting got there we're having great matches x division you know all like all that stuff and they're like, okay, how do we get more eyes to our product? Okay. People know who Sting is, right? People from the old WCW, the, the Monday Night Wars, Attitude Era, they know who Sting is. So if you're advertising on TV or you know YouTube or wherever you advertise on the internet, Sting's coming to Impact. Guess what? You're going to tune in for that two hours to watch Impact. You might only get like 10 minutes of Sting, but guess what? You're going to be like, oh, who's this, you know, the Petey Williams guy, or who's this Bobby Roode guy? I've never seen that guy before. And they're like, oh, and that gets you hooked on it, but you're watching for Sting. I mean, that's how you build your product, and AEW is doing the same thing. Everybody knows who Sting is, right? Who are the fans watching AEW right now? The indie, the indie fans, right? They built it based on a T-shirt company. So they're up now it's a lot of the fans and stuff but then how do we get how do we tap into another audience we look at the demographic that jericho always talks about what's the demographic like 18 to 40 or whatever it is right okay so th those are newer wrestling fans in my eyes us we're a little bit older we found that other demographic where we watch sting on monday night or yeah on nitro so now how do we tap into that audience and bring them to AEW, get a new demographic to us, and that's exactly what they're doing with Sting. I'm not saying they're wrong. Don't give that's not what I'm saying. Yeah. I just don't think he's doing Darby Allen a service in this in this uh, program that they're in. It, it, here's the thing: when he took that power slam, the internet went crazy. Oh my gosh, Sting looked good. He he took the power slam. That's amazing. Now you're trying to sell that reaction to me that he's going to be viable in a street fight to help the TNT champion, you know, survive two big monsters in Brian Cage and Will Hobbs? No. And yes, yes. Oh, you, you know about old man strength? Oh. <laughs> go, go ahead and All try right. and fight your daddy. I can't fight my daddy. My daddy's okay. going to be 70. He's going to whoop my ass. So this is what they're doing right with the booking, okay? Um, there he's in a tag team match. All right. Now, just knowing, like I used to team with Steiner. Okay. Steiner that I teamed with wasn't the Steiner of the like, you know, late eighties, early nineties. He, he couldn't do half the stuff that he used to. Um, he could probably still do it, but it just didn't look as crisp. He's not as smooth, all that kind of stuff. The age catches up now with sting. Same thing. Okay. Let's get a workhorse as his tag team partner, Darby Allen. And I, it'll be a hell of a match. I think, do they have the match uh, on their next pay-per-view, Dennis? Yes. I okay. hope you know what, what I hope? I hope it's not a match. I hope it's one of those cinematic uh matches. If they can make that's the only way I go, all right, this could be great. Because I don't want to see Sting in a match. I love it's almost like The Undertaker. How many times do we all love The Undertaker, but now we're stuck? Well, hold on. Whoa. So Undertaker though, okay. I, I know, and everybody's going to say, like, Undertaker, you know, he should have retired, whatever. He's having singles matches against, like, guys like Goldberg and stuff. Two guys that, if you brought them back, they should probably be teamed with two, uh, you know, up-and-coming stars that can carry the, the workload. I mean, that's that's good booking to me. You know, you're it's the rub. Uh, you're, you're using the you know sting like he's you're supposed to use him like he's getting the rub to darby and then you're also putting him in a match and he's wrestling he's not just standing back in his corner with the mic piece or being the manager he's getting involved um and he, he's gonna do his sting stuff his stinger splash his you know all that kind of stuff ddt 
you know. I don't know. I think you bring Sting back, you bring him back in either a authoritative role or maybe something like Arn Anderson is because as much as I was excited at first that Sting and Darby Allen were teaming up because they both really, you know, would go well together, I, I watch this play forward and I think he's not helping Darby. He might be helping the show. I think he's hurting Darby more and maybe helping the show and not really doing Darby a service in this role. Well, hold on. One more sec, guys, and you guys could jump in. Going back to the, the demograph, okay? No, I get that part. So the demograph of the 19 to whatever, like the younger demograph, is going to like Darby no matter what. They're going to watch the show no matter what. They're going to love Darby no matter what. You throw Sting in there, now you could potentially get older folks that like Sting to be like, oh, who's this Darby guy? Is this the, the new Sting that I grew up watching? That's what it's all about right there. I agree with you, Petey. Side by side. All right. That father-son thing. See them side by side. You know what I'm saying? Like yep. it, it makes that it's psychology. It's everything else. How you can pass it. And P, that's a great explanation about trying to get everything for everybody. Now, Dennis, you're like the purest of what you want it done, but to understand that, that that's not where they're at right now. But I think they'd be brilliant if they did a cinematic match. Would that make everybody happy and everybody would understand what it would do? And and so hopefully you'll get your wish. I, I, I pray. I pray because this could, if this is a match and we don't get 40% of the steam that we used to love, it's not going to be a good match. It might even set AEW back because Pete, as much as you That's, make some great points, one bad, horrible Sting match can turn off a ton of the younger generations, and then we start hearing, oh, he's taking away a spot from the younger guys. Wrestling fans are fickle, and they will turn on a legend like that. Did they turn on him in WWE? He had an 0-2 record. I don't think they cared. That's the thing. I mean, he was hurt. I mean, Seth Rollins, which, you know, yeah, it's neither near or here, but you know, if you remember, it was Sting that ended Ravishing Rick Rude's career in Japan when he didn't catch him going through the ropes and hurt his back. Then you have was it uh, uh, Seth Rollins who ended up hurting Sting and putting him out, and then you have Sting big time Seth Rollins on TV when he came out. If you go look for the clip out there, fans, there's a clip where Sting was coming out for some sort of real life celebration. I want to say maybe either a Ric Flair or a Hulk Hogan celebration. Uh, Seth puts his hand out to shake it as he comes out, and, and and Sting looks at him and just walks right by him. Not cool. That's 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 interesting. Now I don't know if that's how it was booked, or if that was like oh, real life heat. Uh, what's that? It wasn't booked. <laughs> uh, no, I. <laughs> um, I don't know. So what you're saying is. Kind of karma, I guess, is what you're saying, Dennis. But it doesn't Maybe? go towards the argument. It's neither okay. near or here. I'm not using that as a piece to mm. put in place. It was just we mentioned Rick Root a few times, and it was on the top of my head. And here we are, Sting. I put the pieces together. So I, I think the match will be decent. I think um, the, the agents and 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 AEW are are really good, um, knowing you know Sting's limitations stuff. Sting probably knows his limitations as well so i think the match is going to be good i i know that you know i've worked hurt before where i couldn't do anything in the match and my tag team partner picked up the slack um and people didn't really notice uh i've also done it one time steiner he tore his acl and we had to do house shows and he couldn't even drop his elbow because if he fell on the mat he couldn't get up properly Right. He'd have to roll out of the ring or pull himself up on the ropes and it would look horrible. And I had to like it was myself and uh, who was it? Steiner versus Abyss and Frankie Gazarian. You know, and I'm taking the, the I'm taking their their shine. We're heels. I'm taking their shine. I'm taking, uh, you know, I'm doing the majority of the heat. Uh, I'm taking their comeback. I'm And then, you know, just because Scotty was hurt. So, and it came off as a decent match. I don't think people like knew the difference. We worked around it and stuff. And, uh, you know, I, I will it be five stars? I mean, who cares? I think there's going to be 
a lot of drama, not drama, like emotion in it and stuff. And I think you're going to see a pass. I, I hope you see a passing of the torch somehow, some way, whether he, you know, grabs the baseball bat, turns it around and be like, you know, this is yours, Darby, or whatever they do. Um, you know, that the symbolism, I hope they do that, but I think it'll be, I think it'll be good probably because our expectations are low for it. So I think we're going to be pleasantly surprised. Anybody else? No, I think that, you know, one of the things you're, you're missing here is also too, is the impact in the locker room of having a veteran guy, you know, cause even you hear about everybody when you talk about, Oh, uh, when they've heard Sting was there, when they heard Sting was there and stuff like that, there's an impact to have somebody like that around. And I think that Jericho, the Young Bucks, you know, Tony Khan, all these guys, you know, the, the Arn Anderson, everything, the, the, the things that Petey's talking about, it stings self-awareness in 2009. I think they know what they're doing. I hope so. This is WWE. I'd say I don't trust nothing. You know what I'm saying? It's like, but, but again, Dennis, you said, like you said, which makes a great point. Nobody cared, right? They care now because there's more involved. And that's why that set, that should tell AEW that they have that emotion and they have. So hopefully we're, we're talking about this after that pay-per-view and you go, I was wrong. I was wrong, but. Or maybe no, Dennis will say he's. I was right, guys. What'd you? Think? I hope I say I was wrong. I but, if I'm wrong, I will too. But but also remember, Cody Rose is running this, and he is running it like his father's image. And he grew up watching WCW. Has Jim Ross, has Tony Schiavone. You know, and I love WCW. I know you love WCW. Did they have WCW in Canada, there, guys? Yeah, but we had to watch it on Tuesday on TSN. Uh, they they aired <laughs> they aired they aired Raw on the Monday during the Monday Night Wars, and then they aired uh, Nitro the following. Two, it was really weird. Like we don't yeah. we didn't because we don't have today. Yeah, we we didn't have TN. Was it TNT or T TNT? Yeah, TNT. Yeah, we didn't we don't we didn't have that super station and we called it. We, a got, super we got Stampede thing. Wrestling, Petey. Yeah, we got that's Stampede what we got. Wrestling. Let's move on. Bobby Lashley. Now yes. as much as yeah. much as we bag on WWE, I think right now they're doing a lot of things right. And in a little bit, I I wanna break down my idea of right now, and I'm just teeing this up for a little bit later, that I kind of think Edge and Roman Range, if they can stretch this out for half a year this could be the rivalry of the year I, I i as much as i love whatever kenny omega's doing and all this stuff i find myself more drawn to the story that that roman reigns and edge is telling and i can't believe it i'm saying that either but we'll get to that later i can tell by dmax or not dmac but uh dimitri's face that he's really uh interested in what i'm saying there but anyways <laughs> poker face horrible Dimitri, but uh, Bobby Lashley, I love what they're doing here. I'm, I am, I'm a fan of the Miz, and I hope that Miz can stretch this title run out into WrestleMania because I think if they put the title on Bobby Lashley before WrestleMania, you're going to take away a lot of emotional weight for putting the belt on an African American champion. Which, once again, how many times do we say it, Dimitri? That I think there's only been like maybe four. African-American WWE, WWF champions. And we're not talking about the big gold belt either in WWF history. I mean, this is kind of a big moment. People aren't really putting the the weight of of what could be happening here. And the way that they finally, finally portrayed him. He's like the walking Armageddon when he was in Impact Wrestling. He's just absolutely tearing everybody up. And what he did to Braun Strowman on Monday was straight up impressive. Like, wow. And and it's about time that they turn him into a monster. They should have turned him into a monster, but we can always talk about hearsay and stuff. But they got him, like, he looks unstoppable. And maybe this is going to eventually be that Brock Lesnar versus Bobby Lashley down the road because, I mean, I mean they built they builded him up real good. He lost that U.S. belt. And it was like no big deal because he showed back up and absolutely demolished 
Drew McIntyre, and then the Miz came in, and I like how that, and I know D-Mac is going to say, I love how that storyline is going, because Miz, I would like to see a triple threat match between the Miz, Drew McIntyre, and Bobby Lashley in WrestleMania, because one, the Miz, he put asses in seats. He is one of the best talkers ever. Everybody's on the Drew McIntyre train. But the way that Bobby Lashley is finally being built up like a true monster that he is. I mean, look at his physique. And he's, what, 42 now? Yeah. Looks like he's 25. I mean, ridiculous. I mean, put I mean, put the belt on him. But I, I think that they have to let Miz stay the champion until WrestleMania. They have to find a way to stretch this out. Because I think if you put the belt on Bobby Lashley too early, it just it doesn't that WrestleMania moment isn't going to be there. I think WrestleMania has to be the place that Bobby Lashley wins. I want to see him win it. I would love to. I think if he wins it on Raw, it doesn't mean as much. If he wins it at Fastlane, I don't know if anybody cares as much as if he would win it at WrestleMania. Agreed. 100%. I agree, and I love everything they're doing with Bobby Lashley because if you watch, you'd see the momentum or whatever. But every time he's on the screen, like Dimitri said, he's believable as like, like when you see Brad, like, how do you beat this guy? Like the first time you saw King Kong Bundy, it was like, how are you going <laughs> to beat that guy? You know, like in a different way, but the way that they've used them, I thought it was brilliant, you know, and the way you have the uh riddle win the championship by rolling up morrison and then lashley's not involved in the way he comes like the storyline is brilliant and i agree with dennis a hundred percent whatever they do they gotta save that pop for us for wrestlemania because that sets them on the collision course to who's the only one that'll be able to battle them it could even be you know down the road the rock comes back or something but or or lesnar you know somebody of that that ilk so i love everything and it's just rightfully so and i think that's a brilliance where mvp is you know been an mvp the way that you know that's all over the last you know through covid and everything that it's finally come about and like dennis said at wrestlemania that would that would make it all sort of ice cream sunday with the cherry on top for I guess all of us who've watched him just destroy guys for years. Um, so I got I got two questions just because I don't know the answer to, but maybe you guys know. Um, is WrestleMania before I answer this? Is WrestleMania going to be with fans? I think they're talking about it. Yes. Okay, so not confirmed. Okay, I believe um, it is confirmed. Twenty-five percent. Yes. Okay, so there is going to be fans. So I WrestleMania moments will exist. Uh, coming up uh this year so that's good okay by the way pete can i cut you off for one second yep. how hokey is it that the wwe is reusing everything from last year's wrestlemania i mean they're the same graphics the same video oh, they packages. are yeah because i don't think they they did anything with the production it was just at the performance center so Still, they're probably like hey let's do something a little bit different i get uh, it they're finally going back to they, they're I saving money yeah, that's what I said. I was saving money. We had this big stuff planned, and we're just going to push it back till the next year. Review do it, but it's WrestleMania. Make it feel special. WrestleMania feels a little less special when it's the same graphics and the. It doesn't matter, man. Does you know matter. why it's going to be spe more special than last year? Fans, people, fans. Yes, exactly. Worst WrestleMania in history last year. We've all said it, and we're all going to stick. Ooh, that was it. tough. Okay, number two question: uh, Fast Lane is that going to be the first? pay-per-view where they actually last, switch over to that peacock last last pay-per-view on the network okay so uh bobby lashley then so th they won't i don't think they'll give him the title at fast lane uh if it was like the first one for the for the peacock special they might want to do that you know business-wise that would make sense um so waiting for wrestlemania totally makes sense i think bobby lashley um it's the best he's been booked this run for sure uh, like the stuff he did with Sammy Zayn when he came back, like with the, oh, sisters, with the oh. sisters. I'm like, this is where we're going with Bobby. He's worth so much. Like he, he can do so much more. Uh, he was booked really well, like back in, uh, you know, him versus Umaga and that, uh, you know, with, yeah. with Trump and stuff like that. 
that 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 was good like they really pushed him that all eyes were on that right there but this actually like suits his character what they're doing exactly what they did in impact and stuff you've, you've worked with him in impact right uh yeah uh on I, I was there on his last day the first time i actually met uh lashley was in germany believe it or not um it was like my second time in germany i can't remember the wrestling promotion but uh that's when i met uh not met but i, I wrestled uh will uh osprey and bobby wrestled i can't remember who their heavyweight champion at the time and uh yeah i met him super super cool dude like we rode together uh the the best guy he's actually i don't know if i should give this away but i will because it's our show um and probably it doesn't matter and probably he probably talks about it anyways uh when we were in germany i guess his uh his dad his family was stationed over there uh you know uh in the military and stuff so actually uh before the show because we got in the day before the guy took us out for dinner and then Bobby's like, hey, I really, you know, I grew up in this one area. It's not really a base, but it's where all the, you know, American military people would kind of stay. And we drove over there and it was it was just great to see that I got to be part of it where he was reminiscing about like, yeah, this is the school I went to. And we're, we're in the middle of Germany, right? This is school I went uh, to. Oh, yep. This is this is the apartment complex I, I grew up in. Yep. And oh, yeah, that was my house up there. I mean, it, it was really surreal that I was able to experience that with him it was it was me him and you know the the german promoter um and then i didn't see him again until about 2017 uh when you know when i went back to impact and he was you know pretty much on the last little bit of his contract he, he wasn't a monster anymore because they were doing stuff where they were trying to build up brian cage and you know brian cage was beating him really quick and stuff like that but that's what you do when you're on the way out of a company you know you put the other guys over so you know business could carry on so well, yeah i can't you, let me ask you this pete how did the wwe get it so wrong through many bobby lashley runs because we've watched him what this is I, second or third time in the wwe this is maybe the first real time they booked him to be a monster how have they gotten it wrong so much uh the only thing i could think of that's a good question because i don't know how you, you you book him wrong um the only thing i could think of is you know in impact you have guys that aren't the same size at least at the at the time as the guys in wwe wwe is like normally historically uh very big you know guys you know like not the aj styles that you see now but really big guys so bobby you know kind of blended in with the mix you know what i mean like he wasn't considered a monster and now on impact you, you got guys like he was uh, feuding with like Eddie Edwards and stuff. Yeah. He's way bigger than Eddie Edwards. He's jacked. Right. And I think coming over this time, I don't know why they did the Sami Zayn thing, whatever. Maybe they thought it was going to work. Um, but nope. now, yeah, I know. Right. But now, you know, a lot of the guys are smaller and just, you know, that, that's the style. Like it's not so much about heavyweights anymore. Same with boxing and, and UFC, like the, the middleweight type stuff is the more exciting matches to watch. So Bobby now, you know, like they're booking him right because he does like, you'd look at him. You're like, look how big he is. And he's vicious and he's yeah. Like he's a great wrestler and stuff. And he, he has a, a UF or MMA background. I'm like, they're, they're booking him right now. The proper way. My only concern is Sunday, he does the most hillish thing ever, comes out and just whoops on Drew McIntyre. Monday, he comes out and is essentially a face wrestler. And that worries me a little bit. If you watched Monday Night Raw, you could tell that he, he was not the bad guy in this program going forward. So I'm a little bit worried on whether he's going to be a heel or a face or... <laughs> Maybe that gray area. I I don't know where they're going with his position in this match. That that's okay though. If you look at and I'm gonna use a really huge comparison that like hit everybody right between the eyes. Remember when The Rock, uh, not to compare it to The Rock, but do you remember when The Rock was uh, his heel character right before you know that Survivor Series, right after the screw job, Rocky Die stuff. Yep. So he was super duper heel, and then all of a sudden he's doing all his catchphrases, and then people just started cheering him like it just it happened organically and you don't see that anymore anymore without like the i don't even think they were pushing him like to like 
Yeah, like it just happened. People just start falling in love with them. And maybe they're thinking that the same thing's going to happen with Bobby. Like, look at we're all drooling over him right now, right? And we're like, oh man, this is great. And it just fans are smarter nowadays than you know the day where they turned Rocky babyface for the first time. So it's hard to do it organically, but we'll see what happens. If he feuds with the Miz, obviously he's going to be the baby in it, right? Um, I, I do disagree with uh, Dimitri a little bit about the WrestleMania match being for the title with uh, being a three-way with Miz, Drew, and and Bobby. I, I always, if Miz comes in as the champion and let's say Bobby pins Drew, I hate when they don't pin the champion. If he pins Miz, then yeah, great. I, I just, you know, I hate that. Just go back to uh, Daniel Bryan, right? Daniel Bryan, WrestleMania, what was that, 30, Dennis? Uh, Daniel Bryan versus uh, Randy Orton versus Batista. Randy Orton's the champion. Ray had to face Triple H at the beginning of the night. Yep. So that's right. cool, right? <clears throat> he got into the match. Now, who did Daniel Bryan? Uh, Batista. Beat? Exactly. He didn't even beat the champion. So that's what I always hate about that. Like, you know, even uh, when I won my first X Division title, I, I didn't, I never, it was a gauntlet match and I didn't even beat the champion, you know? And like, just look at what happened with uh, Bobby um, just at the last pay-per-view. He lost, well, he didn't lose, he lost the belt, but he didn't, he didn't even get pinned. So I hate, I hate that. That's easy booking to me. That's like, that's like, uh, how, how do we keep this guy strong, but get the title off him? So I, I always kind of hated that booking. That's just my personal opinion. Well, with the with the triple threat, I wanted Bobby to pin the Miz. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and then I, just, I don't know Drew, if that's gonna happen. You mean to try and protect on um, the Miz? Because I would like that that Drew McIntyre and Bobby Lashley to go all the way to SummerSlam because they had a yeah. great feud and impact. So I, let's let's pretend Bobby I, pins I Miz, Sheamus right? Is in the mix with Drew. Drew and Sheamus, I think, is. Oh yeah, they got something going on too. It, see, it, this is good because they have his guessing, right? But let's let's pretend it's a three way, like you said, Dimitri and Bobby pins Miz, right? Okay, he pinned the champion, but we never really got the big blow off of Drew and Bobby. Like, cause isn't that what we kind of want to see, Drew versus Bobby? Not yeah, not to build off it though, right? So I mean, not build off it because then then Drew could say to Bobby, "Well, you pin the Miz, so now give me my shot or whatever." But do you give Bobby the title at WrestleMania? Like, he should double pin both of them, tap one out and pin the other one at the same time. (laughs) Oh, that would be sick. Do it like an elimination. Yes, elimination three-way. Love it. I, I I don't hate that idea. I just think they elimination put, three that's way with Dimitri. So elimination. Guess who gets pinned first? The Miz. So then there guess what? Yeah. Oh. No matter what, that's put people on edge. I love it. That's good booking. Well, they booked themselves in a corner because you have Drew who wants his rematch. He's gets he's entitled to it, right? Yep. Then you have. The Miz, who cashed it in, is the champion. And then you have Bobby Lashley, who has some sort of gentleman's agreement with The Miz. But you have Drew, who's kind of starting a program with Sheamus. And then what do you do? I you know, I don't like when a guy has his automatic rematch, but he decides not to take it right they away. They don't do that anymore, do they? I think the WWE still does it. I, I thought, uh, which company was it? I thought it was WWE where they said that, Automatic rematch clause wasn't a thing anymore. I could be wrong. Let's they, just they also said that. they were going to give the fans what they want too. So yeah, yeah. Like, so yeah, they say a lot of things. Okay. <laughs> hey, you know, I, I, but I like that they're finally giving Bobby Lashley his comeuppance, and they're booking him the way he needs to be booked. Absolutely, I, I'm, I'm really happy for Bobby, and I'm sure you know every, everybody else is here, <laughs> here too. I think I can speak for everybody. So let's. Yep. Let's move on and let's talk a little bit about uh, Edge here. And I can't believe I'm saying this, but, you know, since the Royal Rumble where you had Edge, you know, who's he going to pick? You had Roman basically begging him to pick him. I've really been enthralled with this storyline going forward. And DMAC, I, I, you know, uh, Dimitri had to go. But and I saw the look on his face while I was teeing this off. But I wanted to know where you think 
this is going to rank in your mind in 2021 as far as rivalry. Yeah, I, I think it could just, you know, the big the big thing is the believability, right? And and you look at, uh, you know, it's must-see TV to me when they get the microphones nowadays because everything is where if you go back to when Roman Reigns came out trying this intimidation tactic, but Edge, you know, being the – this, you know, the using the psychology that he always does, you know, it's so believable the way it played out. And then they played it out, how they've been developing it. Yeah, it could be big because it could be, it could bring in so many other elements to be, you know, to turn it into the tribal war versus, you know what I'm saying? Like it has the ability to build even more because these two guys can lead factions can you know sort of put troops together and be believable you know like the recruitment or whatever ideas uh you know you always uh you know when paul Heyman's in there there's always like there's, there's always shenanigans and i think that if they do it right they have the ability because of what they because of what they've done with roman reigns and how they brought him back into the uh we're as wrestling fans we're you know we're finally it's like sort of it's that believable character where you know you're getting more than what you did even with the shield and stuff like that and then you got edge who again back to our conversation about sting even though he's not old but he's a veteran and he's a guy who is in phenomenal shape and you see the way that you know, from WrestleMania last year competing and being in there, and even though he's got hurt along the way, these two guys have the it, I think, to be able to meld such an intricate masterpiece of a story. But, again, I don't trust the people who are in charge, <laughs> right? If this was, hey, Dennis, if this was AEW agents booking all this stuff with these two guys i think it'd be i think it would be off the off the chains it's just because here's what i think right it's going to go the way we want and it's going to go and it's going to build up and then they're going to do something stupid they're going to do something stupid I and, then, and then it's not going to make sense and then it's going to be like you're invested that's why i can never that's why i gotta watch from outside the fence with wwe I mean, I'm leaning on the fence and I'm comfortable, right? But I ain't in the yard anymore because you never get me again. I'm in, I'm in the kitchen and I'm in the living room and whatever of the AEW, Japan, uh, Impact, all those guys because I feel a part of it. WWE never lets you be a part of it. You're always on the outside looking in, uh, and you're just a paycheck. That's okay. That's okay. I hey, I got the subscriptions, ten bucks a month. It's a great for wrestling fans. That's, you know, where we talked about this before. But I think that the potential is as great as any potential with these two. But the payoff will not be, you know, I, I you know, I, like it's it's almost like waiting for the shoe to fall. It, it is. I mean, it has the elements for a great storyline. You have what they've done with Roman Reigns, I, I and I don't say this a lot, has actually been masterful. I mean, the Elimination Chamber, that was genius to have him come out. of, And we all kind of knew it was coming. But you, the way they framed it, it was great. It fell into what this Roman Reigns we're watching is. And I thought, this is great. He manhandles Daniel Bryant. They give you that little tease at the very beginning, like, oh, Bryant's not done yet. It gets squashed, essentially, in, in, in quick order. And now you have Edge come out. And basically do the hands behind. I like where they're taking me down. Like D-Max said, I'm worried that they're going to take me down a dead-end street and I'm going to be stuck there going, really? This is what we're going to, this is how it's going to end? But this has the makings to be one of the top rivalries of the year if they do it right. And you're right, D-Mac. If this was AEW or anywhere else, on one hand, 
I don't know if the following is big enough in Impact or New Japan where the payoff would be like, we're all emotionally invested. Maybe AEW, but WWE, I think, has the platform to make this feel special. I I think I think you're right, Dennis. I think I think they're going to do a good job with this one. I don't I I know everybody's skeptical of how this is going to end. I think they're going to do this one right. Um, you know, guys like Edge. I know Vince McMahon gets the last say in everything, but a guy like Edge has the ear of Vince McMahon. You know, and and Edge is a really smart dude. So I think that Edge. Will be like, hey, you know, I don't think, and Vince will listen to him. Vince doesn't listen to everybody, but Vince will listen to him, I believe. And I think Edge will take us down that road, and like Paul Heyman's involved in it, and and Roman, those are all guys that you know are, are, are top guys that Vince listens to. So I think we'll be okay with that. We're all expecting, you know, which is good. Maybe WWE wants us to all expect like this is gonna, you know, the payoff's gonna be horrible, and our expectations are low. And then they give us a great payoff and we're like, oh yeah, you know, this is great. You know, maybe that's what they're trying to do. Um, I like the, the setting of the match. Like they both use a spear for their finish. So that's always cool when you have the same finish, right? It's kind of, yeah. You, you tell us, you tell us I, as a fan, I like it. See yeah, who's I mean, better. Who's going to end it with the, you know, yeah, you with know the they're going to pop each other and, off. You know, and it's cool. Like, you know, if they kick out of each other's finishes, it's just really weird because, if edge kicks out of the spear, did he kick out of his own finish or Roman's finish? You know, like it's a stupid. Yeah. Stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, oh, what was my next point? I don't remember what my next point was, but this is the best possible scenario that edge could have done for, uh, you know, w- which title he's going to choose for the, the, the Royal winning the Royal rumble. Like who else would it be? Yeah. You think Dennis, like drew No, nah, like, you know, baby, baby. Um, NXT, I, I mean... I don't like having a established Hall of Famer superstar go down to the NXT brand. For me, yeah. and, this, and I think this is a problem, and the benefit of what the WWE has done is they branded NXT to be, you know... And I don't want to... It sounds like I'm, I'm knocking it, but the minor leagues, the young talent, the grow them, the, the nurture them. But, you know, these guys come up and become superstars. I hate where they're now allowing some of these guys to go back down to NXT if their main roster runs don't work out the way they want. It almost feels like it's, I don't want to use the word cheapening the brand, but the shine almost fades away. Like if you can't make it on the main roster, don't come back home. Exactly. That, yeah, that's, that's, go ahead. But that's sort of BS though, because PD, isn't that though some people aren't put in positions to succeed and that doesn't go to... You know, like some sometimes it's just not yeah. the right time. I think yeah. it depends. each case depends on different. I'm sure guys develop differently. Um, or some guys earlier, some guys get it later, whatever like this. You look at Drew McIntyre. You look at how he's supposed to be the next one. And he had to, you know, find his way and then look at where he is in, in the last year. So, I mean, I think it's as athletes, as performers, as whatever else, Sometimes, you know, as you get to know yourself more, what you want to become, mm-hmm. then you become, then you become, uh, you know, then you become that. And sometimes to go there, and here's the thing, it's not run the same. Triple H knows what he's doing. I mean, the, the NXT is just like, so guys actually, you know, it also too depends on what, is important to the wrestler themselves. If they're, if they can drop their ego enough to know that this might be the best for their career to go back and reinvent themselves or find yeah. themselves, you know, that's the well, NXT's that's both of you are right. I, I, I feel like NXT's that double-edged sword there, because if you think about it, uh, before guys from the main roster started going <coughs> back, back down to NXT, Everybody that started NXT was like brand new to the company. They are like, oh, this guy's going to be awesome. When's he going to get his call up? When's he going to get to the main roster? And then they get called up, right? So they're using NXT as like, okay, this is their farm system or whatever. Okay, awesome. Then what happens is you have like somebody like, uh, uh, what was it, Tyler Breeze or uh, um, 
you know, he doesn't kind of, you know, do anything on the roster. He's just doing whatever. Then he goes back down to NXT and then it's like, oh, you know, people love to see him back and stuff like that because he was a star in NXT. So, yeah, you're right, Dennis, about that part. It cheapens NXT. You just said like, hey, NXT's what they built it up as. It's about up and coming stars, you know, the future. And now it's like, okay, but it's also about the guys that can't cut it on the main roster that we downgrade them. So the other edge of it is, you know, guys like, you know, Tyler Breeze or like, um, you know, Finn or what Finn could have stayed on the main roster. But anyways, when they come back down, it's like, okay, what would they do before NXT? They would release the guy. They would have him sit at home and then release him. We got nothing for you. Okay. If you don't have anything for you on the main roster, guess what? You're going to go back to down to NXT. So they're, <laughs> It's it's that double edged sword. It's a it's a catch twenty two. Like it's there's a good and a bad for you can look at it both ways. All right, real quick, guys, before we wrap this up, uh, thoughts on the elimination chamber? We didn't really have a chance to talk about it, and I, we didn't really even talk about it throughout our text thread. But I figure while we're here, throw this out there real quick. What do you guys think overall? I, mean, I was entertained. I was entertained. I liked it. I liked the storylines, the way that it, you know, what it did is it did what it did. It added to, it added to the, it added more ingredients for the, to watch more. It made me more interested on what was to come Monday night. And I always judge it by, am I eager to see the next day? Or am I eager to, you know, am I excited? Did it excite me moving forward? And with, obviously, we talked about it, what what they finally did with Bobby Lashley. Um, you know, it seems like they're finally getting it. The way that they played everything, the Miz, everything like that, the casting in, I agree. The story, the storyline, it all made sense. I was, I was happy. I was surprised. But I also go in with more lower expectations. But it was... Uh, it it was pretty it was pretty neat the way you know like I I enjoyed all the little things from from almost uh, ripping the cage out uh, I'm I'm surprised he didn't throw Adam Pierce through the like why didn't he just ragdoll Adam Pierce right there and say like you know but um, all the little gimmicks all the little stuff the little nuances I thought they did a great job. Um, this is what I like about elimination chamber in a whole as a whole, I should say you have the Royal rumble. Okay. And then everybody's excited for the Royal rumble. And then it's like, okay, winner gets a shot at WrestleMania. So you got January and then end of March, April, what do you do in February? You know, I always hated it before the elimination chamber came around. They, they didn't really have anything to do. It was like, you know, okay, let's have uh, the guys that are going to be all, all the champions that, and all the challengers at WrestleMania, let's have a big eight man tag. And it means nothing. Like it's just, it, it's meaningless. So I like the concept that they, they came up with the elimination chamber. I like that. They kind of, you know, float the title around. I use the word float because I think they have a plan of what they're going to do it at WrestleMania, but they have to keep people guessing. So it's not like, all right, we're just counting down the days for WrestleMania. Uh, you know, elimination chamber is going to be like, okay, well, can I miss it? No, it's good. There's titles on the line. It's, it's, it's great. I like the concept. I don't think there's really been a, bad uh elimination chamber pay-per-view like the actual match there's been some weaker ones than others but um i think they're consistently good so that's one thing i think wwe does does really good yeah, i i just kind of hate and i think we've talked about this before how they take a match and then turn it into a branded pay-per-view like hell in the cell or the elimination chamber itself i'd much rather have that though than have like you know three money like one money in the bank pay-per-view great but then have like three of them throughout the year makes it not special so i i, I like that they i think it should be that. one match put somewhere yeah. through once a year yeah but, you know a branded money in the bank match the pay-per-view you know if you're gonna brand a pay-per-view great but if you're gonna take let's say hell in the cell right where up until recently there was only one hell in the cell match on the whole pay-per-view it's not really a hell in the cell pay per view unless every single match. I mean, TNA's Lethal Lockdown was every match in that cage. No, uh, well, 
I lockdown, they, they did have every match in the cage, but the last one was a lethal lockdown where the thing came down. Okay. Yeah, I just I don't like where they take one match and turn it into a pay per view. I also, once again, don't like a pay per view every month. It doesn't make it feel as special as it used to when there was only what four or six of them. Mm-hmm. I think Impact has the, the right idea where they have uh, approximately four. I, I don't know how much they're gonna go up to this year, but you know, about four pay per views a year. They make them special, and then they have uh, the TV specials, like you know. Uh, or, or it used to be TV specials. Now they have a special on the app. So you could call those a pay-per-view, but it's more of a, a, a special. It's just on the app. So I like that you can build towards that. And like, remember when they had a um, uh, Starcade, like mm-hmm. when WWE took that over, I like that they made that like not a pay-per-view, but more of like a, a, a network special. So I like those. If they did more of like network specials and just have like four big pay-per-views a year, I think that'd be awesome. I, I'm entertained as long as it makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> as long as I can follow the story, as long as, as long as, and I don't have to like it, but if I can, if it makes some sort of sense or I can see where, where somebody's coming from, then I'm entertained. Absolutely. I, let me ask you, and we'll wrap it up with this question about uh, the whole Peacock deal. You guys on day one going to go out and sign up for the Peacock and, and, and start doing the network and every, you know, the office and all that stuff? Or is it going to take you time or is it something you're interested in? I know, Pete, you use my network login, so you're going to do whatever I do. Yeah. So whatever you do, Dennis, I'm going to do. Um, I did uh, I did hear about Pe- Peacock like uh, last year. And I just wanted to watch a show on it. Like they said, it was free and stuff like that. And I kind of it's it's an, it's another network. I don't know how logistically that's going to work. I don't know if like just the WWE network is part of Peacock and they yep. overtook them, I guess. Everything is going to the Peacock app and okay. I think they're just going to have their own page and then everything on the network is going to be on the Peacock app. Okay. Well, I mean, I'm obviously probably not going to get it. So <laughs> <You'll-> <laughs> I mean, come on. I don't, I don't pay for wrestling anymore. I just can't do it. I just can't bring myself to it. I'll come over to your house all the time, Dennis, and we'll have a party. D-Mac, let's go. Let's do it. That's, I'm, I'm all, you know, I'm down. You know, I don't need to. got to know what Dennis is going to what, what, what about you, D-Mac? What are you going to do? Oh, I, I'll chase whatever. Uh, I won't get it to watch any TV like that, but if that's where I got to get my wrestling and if it's 10 bucks a month, you got me for 10 bucks a month, you know, to, to, to the same thing. If it changes and, you know, I'm not as, like I said, I'll watch YouTube catch up on WWE. It's not, I'm not as emotionally invested. It's more of uh, you know, I, I'll get that through, through you and whatever else, but they, you know, it's one of those things they've done it to me over time and I'm just not going to fall for it again. So I've been able to, so I'm investing my love on the other platforms where PD works, you know, the AEW, because I like, and being a part of this show, you get to talk to the, some of the guys and you understand their whys of, of what's important. And I love, I love just hearing that, you know, the things where guys are off, it's a win-win. And, you know, to me, that's what I, the, I'm i about in life now. And uh, I never see the WWE as that. I never saw Vince McMahon as that. But it's okay. It's just understanding what you're dealing with. So, but I but I do, I'm, I'm a fan, but it's not going to, like, honestly, if it, and here's my theory, Dennis, how I work. If it's harder than it was to get on the WWE app, then no. <laughs> yeah. No. Well, it has to be user-friendly, yep. That's why. I that think- my boy Simon Miller, my boy Simon Miller from What Culture will give me the updates, every ups and downs, everything, which I, you know, if you're going to subscribe to us and you're a wrestling fan, subscribe to that, uh, you know, uh, What Culture, whatever it is, all the ones I watch. It's it's great. I mean, I feel up to date on everything I missed, and and uh, you know, we all talked about that before about the different things that we read or we look at or the magazines. I was actually uh, in the in the Walmart the other day, and I was flipping through the Orange Cassidy on the uh, PWI 
nice. which was pretty cool because I haven't picked the PWI up in a long time and just to go through and to see how elaborate it is and, you know, shout out to those guys. So, Well, and the one thing I think I've said many times on this podcast and kind of what you said about, you know, if you have to work for it, you're not going to watch is That's why I think Monday Night Raw is so popular is because everybody is conditioned to believe Monday night mm -hmm. is their wrestling night. And I don't think Raw would be as successful on any other night or even any other channel, USA. I mean, remember when it bounced around to a couple different channels? I don't think Raw was as successful as it was when it was USA. And that's because it's so easy. USA, 8 o'clock, Monday night. You change any one of those things, I think Raw is just another wrestling show. Yeah, no, I mean, absolutely. Condition appointment TV is what we used to call it. And yep. I mean, but we're getting out of that era, a lot more cord cutters and all that kind of stuff. So, but they, they, they circumvented that. Now they have the network Peacock, obviously Peacock's owned by, I believe NBC. So, um, yep. yeah, they're, they're, they're getting in the mix. So they're, they're staying up with the times, but yeah, absolutely. Appointment television. And uh, to wrap up the show, guys, thank you so much. I know a lot of people ask why we never promote the podcast side and we only promote the YouTube. Right now, we're averaging over 10,000 downloads an episode on the podcast. So we, we're trying to really grow the YouTube channel more than the podcast side because the podcast side's already established. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We do have the podcast on all major downloaded podcast net networks, uh, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, we're on iHeartRadio, uh, Radio.com, any place you get your podcast, that's where we are. Great, but it's the YouTube channel, and as you saw at the top of the show, we will start reading off a few comments per episode and uh, just singling out a few new subscribers saying hi. And if we don't say hi to you and you want us to, you can email us at wrestlingperspective at gmail.com, and we will make sure we give you a proper shout-out. So, guys... Great show. You will be excited for our next guest. If you don't follow us on any social medias, Ricky Starks. I'm excited for that. So. No, me too. This will be great. So yeah, this will be this will be awesome. And Dennis, uh, the truth is, is that uh, Dennis is looking for a date. So we told him that instead of doing match.com, we had to do YouTube and he had to show his pretty face. But ah. Petey said she wears glasses because that's his trademark, and, and he disagreed. He said. You know, we had talked about this earlier. So, ladies, ladies, hey, babe, bro. ladies, thank you for listening. But do you think Dennis should wear his glasses or not wear his glasses? And who wants to date Dennis? I, I didn't. I didn't recognize him without his glasses. I would. There he there. is. There he is. Oh, oh Dennis, where did you get here? I just who showed up. Hey, it's a, time, time for the wrestling some perspective. Mark <laughs> some mark in your chair earlier. All right. Oh. Screw him. But they listen, I'm old, so I can't see my phone with my glasses. I'm the I'm the opposite. I can't see my phone without my glasses. I can't All see right. you guys. Do you know how to press stop right now so we can stop recording? Can you oh, see that? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Wrestling perspective. Thank you and good night.